0: Um, it was it? Th- I think it was announced 2018, if I can remember correctly. So, like it, it has been in the talks at Lucasfilm since uh, 2016. So, so uh, what 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 experiences uh, did you have down there? Like uh, what, what were like some of the first things that you uh, did?
1: Well. So we—it um, was kind of an unplanned trip. We—I didn't really have any plans to go down there. And then my youngest, my youngest, my son, his birthday was in, in my birthday and his birthday in February. And long story short, with absolutely no no plan, all of a sudden, before I knew what was happening, uh, we had a place to stay down there, and we decided to go to Galaxy's Edge. So I had always, in my mind, planned to have that experience first at disneyland in california because that's much more my my heritage and my history with disney Mm -hmm. um but it was one of those things it was like well here's an opportunity and then all my kids were like yeah let's do it so we did it um so we went down there at the end of february um and um yeah, so it was, I mean, I guess part of part of the experience was the anticipation, like, because like, I kind of wasn't expecting to go, and then all of a sudden I was going, and it was like, whoa, I'm actually going, which is, I mean, right, so like, for a Star Wars fan, this is about as exciting a thing as you could, you know, look forward to doing as far as I can think of. I mean, other than like being on set when they're sh- shooting a movie or something, maybe, or or meeting, you know the characters on set or something, but, um, but yeah, so we, so, I mean, I think the so the, we got there and the first day we were down there, we didn't go to any of the parks. And then the first day we went to to the parks, we went to Hollywood studios. So very exciting. Um, uh, We had, we did spend some time down at at Disney Springs, which is kind of like the, the shopping and dining area part of the park um and that was like the first thing that we experienced was going there and and there was there were two separate um exclusively star wars stores or shopping places mm-hmm. um that were super cool um that was pretty exciting like some of them i mean like there's so much merchandise there that you don't see Anywhere else. Um, probably the most exciting stuff was the exciting thing was the legacy lightsabers, like the, le- the lightsabers that they had displayed and on sale. Um, super cool, like really cool, really cool stuff. Um, but we did, so we went to the Hollywood studios the second day. We, you know, got into the park. Um, I think we actually went to Star Tours first because when you're walking in when you're in the park when you when you're going to Galaxy's Edge like on the way to Galaxy's Edge Star Tours is there before you get to Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay. You can, you can almost see the entrance to Galaxy's Edge from the Star Tours line. Um so there was no line at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we were like, let's just hit Star Tours real quick before we do that. Right. Oh, okay. So we jumped in to line the line at Star Tours there, which none of my kids had ever been to star tours at in orlando so that was pretty cool they have a great that setup with the atat and that super mm-hmm. cool um and it was uh very cool um the the i think the oh man i'm forgetting what, which adventure we had it was the one where darth vader it's one where darth vader like pops up and tries to pull the pull the thing and then they you fly off and Man, I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember what the adventure was. I, the reason why I don't remember is because the second time I rode Star Tours, I went on a completely new adventure where you flew through the Battle of Crate, which was super cool. Oh, okay. Um, very cool experience. Um, but anyway, um, Galaxy's Edge. So we, so we, we. I should. I have to backtrack here. I'm totally scattered right now. So the first thing about Galaxy's Edge was the. Um, having having to get in the virtual queue for rise of the resistance so rise of the resistance for people who don't know like right now the only way to get in line for that ride is through a virtual queue which starts at seven o'clock in the morning before the parks open so that was the first thing is that we had to get up super early that morning at like 6 45 and we're all on our phones and you have to reserve your spot in the line and it fills up like pretty much right away Mm -hmm. so we were fortunate enough to get a spot in line which was good. Um, so, so um, like,
0: when, when you go on that virtual queue, do you have to have, like, the, like the Disney app to do that, or is that uh, something a, you have to go online for? Like,
1: There's a Disney experience or something like that app. Oh, okay. You have to have that app on your phone, and you have to have your, like, your ticket signed, like, added to your profile so that they know that you have reserva- a, a ticket and a reservation for that day to get in the queue. Otherwise, you can't get in the queue. So when you're going to try to get in the queue, your ticket has to be for that day. Oh, okay. And if your ticket is for that day, then you can get into the virtual queue. So that was a pretty nerve-wracking experience because I was like, I had this horrifying like horrifying, like horrifying, scenario in my head where I got all the way down to Orlando, got to Galaxy's Edge, and then didn't get to ride Rise of the Resistance, which mm-hmm. would have been terrible. It would have totally devastated me, but we were fortunate enough to like, we were right there. And so like, as soon as it came up, I think me and two of my kids were on our phones and one of them got in right away. So we got into the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance, which really helped us to relax and kind of like, okay, we know when we're going on that ride, smugglers run, there's no virtual queue. So we knew that we would have time to, you know, work our schedule around when we had to get back. To rise of the resistance to get in line. So, so after we wrote Star Tours, we got into um, Galaxy's Edge. Um, It's a really, it's a very, it's a very separate part of the park. It's completely set apart from everything else. You walk in, there's a giant like tunnel and big wall and like rocks, and like it's completely so when you're walking in, you can't really see anything inside at all. Oh, wow. And then you go through this tunnel, uh, and then you emerge into um, Batu, um, which was cool. Very immersive. So, like, you feel like you actually have walked into this, like, you know, trading spaceport. Yes. Um, so, the first thing about it that I think I really noticed that I was impressed with was just how immersive it is. Like, when you're in that part of the park, it is completely in, like, you can't see anything else in the park um, you can't really hear anything else um, and it's very immersive so you, you really do feel like you're in a specific location um, which was pretty cool um, there isn't a whole lot to see when you first walk in there's a few sh- there's a pose x-wing it's close to the entrance rise of the resistance that ride is at right at the entrance to the to galaxy's edge um, but of course like the first time you're there like for me it was like where's the millennium falcon Mm -hmm. like i i didn't rush to get to it but i was like okay we're gonna walk through this but like where's the millennium Falcon?" (laughs) that was the 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 thing that was most anticipated for me um but so we knew we didn't have to be at rise of the resistance for a couple of hours so we just kind of slowly made our way to towards um smugglers run towards the millennium falcon um Overall first impression, like I said, very immersive, very immersive, really, like, felt like you were in, you know, but at the same time, it was immersive, and like, there was some things you would see that were very clearly Star Wars, you know, related, but it was just a little bit weird, because... There's definitely parts of it where you'd be walking around and if you didn't know any better, you would you wouldn't necessarily know that it was Star Wars. Um, it's not a location that's in any of the movies, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the, the the that part of the park doesn't have a distinctively Star Wars look to it. It looks similar to things you've seen in the movies. It has some some feels of that, but um, it was just it's just one of the things that I just found my overall first impression was this is really cool. I'm really excited. There was definitely things that were cool, but it was like, it it hit me. Like I'm not walking into like somewhere on Tatooine or somewhere on Naboo or something that I recognize that I could feel like I'm in star Wars. Like it just wasn't (laughs) quite that. Um, anyway, we, we walked our way through, um, we probably the first and most meaningful experience Mm -hmm. we had was the blue milk. So we didn't know where that was, but we're walking, and before we got to Smuggler's Run, we stumbled upon the Blue Milk stand. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter jumped on the app um, and ordered Blue Milk, which is a whole other part of the like everything's app-driven in the park. Like so, like you they you can order food, um, get in line for certain rides, um, reserve places in line for some of the stores. You have to actually get in line. Um, I don't know if that's just a COVID thing because there were so many limitations, but that was mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, so the blue milk was definitely, that was super fun. Like we had our little moment where we all had blue milk and um, and there's, a, there's a, a replica of one of Kylo's ships there. And we took a picture in front of that with the blue milk and that was cool. And the blue milk was amazing. It was also $8, which was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $8 for like a cup. You know, like, uh, you can't see me right now, but, like, for a cup this big so of blue milk, $8. So, like, for, for, for the five of us to have uh, blue milk was, like, 40 bucks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. At <laughs> least, just...
0: uh, like, please tell me you get to keep, like, uh, is it, like, a cup that you get to keep, or is
1: it, like, one of those, like, disposable? just a clear plastic cup. Oh. Nothing commemorative what? about it. I don't know if there was the option to do that or not, but... We, I didn't see <laughs> oh, no! Um, the blue milk I thought was amazing. It was delicious. It was mm-hmm. great, but under no circumstance would I just randomly pay $8 for that size of a cup of virtually anything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an alcoholic beverage, but like other than that, like, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't large. It, I, all I'll say about it is it, I really, it tasted good. The texture was good. It was a really fun drink to drink and drinking mm-hmm. it. In Galaxy's Edge, having that experience with family was super cool. Like it was really fun. It was just fun. It's a fun moment. I liked it. Um, so anyway, so and then as we were walking with the the, the blue milk, um, then we came up on the Millennium Falcon, which is really tucked way back in the back corner of Galaxy's Edge. So it's, mm-hmm. y- you have to go through the whole, pretty much the whole, the whole park to get to. Smugglers' run. It's tucked way back in there. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I've I've seen. I don't I don't know if you've seen the uh, um, uh, Galaxy's Edge uh, documentary thing on Disney Plus or not. But it. But it, But it made it look like the Millennium Falcon was like right in the front of the entrance. But I I don't mm-hmm. know if it was. I don't know if that was like played to trick the eye. But that's what I got. It's I was, like way wow. back. Oh, uh, okay. Way back. You have
1: to walk through pretty much the whole. The, the smuggler's run is it, you can't go past it. Like it's in the back corner. Oh, okay. Um, there's places to the right and left. Well, not even to the right. It's like in the way back corner on the right. You you can't go anywhere past it. It's in the back.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, Which is kind of cool. Cause like it builds, builds anticipation mm-hmm. and like you're walking through and like, you know, it's like, but, um. but that was probably the first moment where, you, where I was like, where you have that, you know, wow Mm -hmm. like there's the millennium falcon and seeing the cockpit like you know high up above you like in real in in real time like to scale very authentic looking um with the sounds and and things going on like it's very much that feel that it's like a a ship that's parked at a spaceport but that's getting ready to take off Mm -hmm. kind of a feel um so the millennium falcon itself from the outside was 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 really cool um really just amazing attention to detail um and and the way that the ride is set up and the way the line is set up you really are just like the line pretty much is centered around a lot of it around the falcon itself so you're seeing it from all these different angles so sometimes you're in line and you're walking like right beneath it like right next to it like it's right there Mm -hmm. on the ground and then you're going up a ramp and you're seeing it from the back going up the ramp. And then you go up and then you're seeing it from the top, from the back. Oh, and from dang, the side. that sounds cool. And it's amazing. The view from the top actually was the most impressive to me. Like the way that they captured the back end of the top of the Millennium Falcon was just like amazing. So it's really cool. Like you get a lot of time to see the Millennium Falcon from ground level, from like even like even with it and then above it and you can see it from all these different angles and get some really good pictures if you want um so that's really cool mm-hmm. um so waiting in line that part of waiting in line was really cool there there's other things going on in the line that are they're great they're not like distinctive or make you feel like you're seeing anything from a movie or anything mm-hmm. but there's some cool stuff uh then when you get close to the end of the line that's when you get into the you get this the line kind of splits into two and as you're coming in, where you're approaching the Millennium Falcon, that's where you have the Hondo animatronic, who kind of sets up the story of what why you're there and what you're doing, and mm-hmm. so on and so on. The animatronic for Hondo is amazing. Like it, I mean, like really, it really, it is really looks real, it looks very lifelike. Um, and his voice, I mean, I mean, it's really interesting. I like, like you go in there and you're like. And, like, I'm, I walk in and I'm like, Hondo, like, I know exactly who that is. I know exactly. Right. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are so many people who will go to Galaxies that they will walk through Smugglers Run. they will see that. And they will have no idea who that is. And mm-hmm. they'll just think it's some character that was made for for the ride or for the, you know. But mm-hmm. for me, seeing Hondo that way and the voice was perfect. I don't know if it was the same. I don't know if they actually... Yeah, yeah, it was Jim Cummings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's perfect. And, like, and so it was really fun to almost feel like you were – Seeing Hondo, yeah, mm-hmm. and hearing his voice and, and all that, and so that was entertaining. Um, then, pretty much right after that, you you go through a small section, and then you're you enter the Falcon. That was probably the first moment in the park, even more than being outside the Falcon, where I, where it's like, where you actually feel like you're like in the movie or on set, like you've like you've walked into this place that you've seen a thousand times and you're there um and the first part if I believe I'm from if I remember correctly the first time that you're in the falcon you're in the room with um with the the jaric table and Mm -hmm. and the you know the the scene that's that part of the falcon and it's just it's it's perfect it's just it's done so well I mean like you just it's to scale. You're right there standing in there. You I immediately I'm visioning, like I'm seeing Luke over here with the, you know, from a new hope, like training and Han over here. Like it's just there, like the floor, everything just amazing. You walk into the, you know, hallways, it's, it's, it's just all done really well. Like you really do get that totally immersive experience of like, I'm in the millennium Falcon. And it was, just like I don't know how else to say it, but it was just like I was just like, Whoa. and I just soaked it in. It was really really cool. Um, and there's and there's just a lot of detail there, and it was really 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 cool. You have to just you have to be there and see it and feel it and like just have it be all around you to where mm-hmm. there's no like there's nothing but the Millennium Falcon. Um, and then I mean, it, as if it couldn't get better, I mean, then you actually go through the cockpit door. Like I mean, it's very it's so well done and so and then we, and, and and you walking up to the cockpit door, you can see the you know the the window. You 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 walk into the cockpit, it feels and looks exactly the same as the movies in many ways. Um, it's just fantastic. It's, a, it was, it's just really, really well done. Really immersive, super fun. Um, I won't I won't get into the details of the ride itself in terms of like, you know, I think most people are aware of like you you fly in the Millennium Falcon, everybody has a different that they play Uh, it's basically that and it's that ride is basically a giant immersive like video game that the ride is fully immersive and engaging you you are participating the entire time um so it's super fun You, you fly the millennium falcon or you're shooting you know or whatever um so it's really cool that way um and it was fun, it's fun to be in there with people, like, with, like, I was there with my kids, right, so, like, you're not Mm -hmm. in there with, like, strangers, you're all, you're all having this experience for the first time, like, we're flying the Millennium Falcon together, it doesn't get any better than that, so, Mm -hmm. um, the ride itself, the mission is, like, you're, you're basically, I think it was Coaxium, I think you're trying to smuggle Coaxium, or something like that, and, like, Mm -hmm. you get a score based on, like, how well you do on the, on your mission, like, damage, and if you successfully, whatever, and, like, but honestly, the first time I went on there, I couldn't care less about that. I was just like, whatever. I tried to do my best. I was mm-hmm. just soaking it in. I don't know if we owed Hondo at the end or not, but mm-hmm. it is it is that immersive. So so did you like sit in like Han Solo's seat? I sat in Han's yeah. seat the first time. Oh, okay. <laughs> which was pretty weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the second time I rode it, I was in Chewie's seat. And I got to actually pull the lever to... Go into hyperspace, which was crazy, and it's—I it, mean—you're there. The cockpit is there, and the control panel is there. It's very authentic, and you're interacting with it, um, and it's just super fun. Um. So yeah, and it's and it's a very it's a very immersive ride, and it, it was it's very very turbulent. Like. It it takes you for a ride. Like you are really moving. Like it's a very very realistic simulation. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think for the first time going through, I was so overwhelmed by just the just the seeing and experiencing of it that I wasn't really soaking in the ride all that much, like the actual ride part. But then the second time I went through, I did soak that up pretty well. And like I was like, wow, this is really cool. So that was Smuggler's Run. Um, then we had a little bit of time. We, and, and, and then pretty much like within an, I don't know, maybe half an hour of that, we, we had our time at Rise of the Resistance. Uh, we got in line for Rise of the Resistance. You just, you, you check back in, like they'll notify you on the app, like when it's time for you to check in in line, mm-hmm. you show up and you're pretty much go right to the right to the line. We had the unfortunate experience of once, there's a part of the line where you're inside, completely inside in like these caves and the ride broke down. And we were stuck in line for like an hour just standing there and apparently from what i understand the ride breaks down quite a bit not it doesn't get shut down for the day but it breaks down quite frequently and i understood why once i wasn't in the ride um but that was a little bit frustrating but we waited and then we got back and the, the line started moving again but it was a pretty long delay which was pretty annoying it was freezing cold in there um But we did finally get in. I had watched walkthroughs of the ride, but I had forgotten them. Um, And so all I can say about it, the first thing I would say, that ride is the most unique, not just Star Wars ride, it's the most unique any ride I've ever been on at Disney. Um, It's completely immersive. And there's parts of it where you're actually, like you basically go through this ride as if you're a member of the resistance, and you're trying to uh, escape or fly. I think they're trying to. I think it's part of the evacuation um, of the resistance base, and then you get captured by the first order. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's like mo- there's different parts of the line. Like the, the, you, there's there's parts of parts of the ride where you're actually still. I think technically in line it's part of the ride. I don't know how to explain. Like first you walk up and you're in this one area and then they like like it's kind of hard because it's really hard to explain this, but I think that some of the ride the way the ride was run because of covid interrupted the flow of it cuz basically what they do is they make it like at a certain point it's like you're a part of the resistance and everybody on the ride is just you know, okay guys Blah blah blah. And then then you then you're in one room and then there's Ray. There's a recording of Ray and she's explaining things. And then this door opens and then you're outside. And mm-hmm. then there's a replica of a Resistance runner ship. And then they put you in there and then it feels like you're flying in that ship. And then you get captured by the First Order. And then the employees who are dressed up like First Order people come in and they're yelling at you. And then they they take you prisoner. And then and then all of a sudden you're walking and like you're like on a first order ship like totally immersive just like the millennium falcon like like the, everything like and and all the employees all the ride personnel are dressed like first order officers and they're talking they're they're it's kind of more like funny but they're not very friendly <laughs> yeah. So they're like you know it's like, it's like they try to simulate like you're actually have these moments where you're like I've been taken. I've been captured by the resist by, by the first order, <laughs> and they're the way they tell you when they
0: stand over there. Blah, blah, blah,
1: and like they make jokes and it's, but like you, but it's very immersive. So you really feel like you're in, you're in a like, and it feels. It could also feel very much like an imperial, like it's just really well done. Like you feel like you're in in one of the ships, um, and then they then from there they usher you into another part of the ride, and you're walking and this. As door opens and then and then you you they file you out and then you're you come into this giant this giant room um, that's a basically a what do you call it like a the, it's that big open part of the ship where the ships coming. oh the hangar the hangar yeah <laughs> you come into this giant hangar like and it's huge you know obviously not to scale but really big and you come in there's a few first order troopers and then you turn and there's just this like wall of first order troopers standing there um and there's a tie fighter and there's this and the space it really and like the 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 hangar door is open and space is out there it's like fully immersive like it was amazing it was like really immersive and crazy and all of that is still technically the line Like you haven't even actually gone on the ride yet. Cause then you go through another door. Then you actually get into the ride part where you're sitting in like a, a a car or whatever, very similar to the Indiana Jones ride. Mm -hmm. Um, And then basically from that point, Kylo Ren is chasing you down. Um, And that's the part where I realized why the ride probably breaks down a lot because the thing is on wheels. It's not on a track. Um, there's no lines in the floor uh, and this thing's just moving all over like it's crazy like and like the way the ride goes like you can never really tell where you're going next sometimes you're going backwards sometimes you're going forward sometimes you're you know and then like and like Kylo Ren keeps popping up and like he's trying to capture you and um, there's all this stuff in the ship um, and uh, it's it's yeah it was intense it was intense um and then eventually like you you know you you escape and you come out of the ride and you're still but you're still like I, I all i can tell you is it's it was the most immersive experience i've ever had on a ride where they actually make you feel like you're playing a part in a scene from the movie and the people that are working in the line are playing roles uh for the resistance and for um the first order um and the and the, and the ride itself, when you get into the cart, it's like it's very, yeah, very high-tech, It's very mm-hmm. immersive. Um, Kylo's just terrorizing you the whole time is basically the main component of it, which I think you'd really enjoy. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just so many things. It's so hard to just describe it. It's, it's like it makes you just want to take everybody there and make them experience it because it's just it's so like when you walk out of the ride, you're just like wow that was just so different from any other experience I've had on a Disney ride or a Star Wars ride like star tours as 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 fun and as immersive as it is
0: mm-hmm. nothing
1: like that like there's walkthroughs and ride just it's crazy so super cool super cool so those were the two those were the only two rides in 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 that part of the park
0: Oh okay yeah. So uh, did you like explore any other parts of Galaxy's Edge like the? um, uh, Trying to remember the, the guy that collects the things. uh, We did.
1: We went to Dak Ondar's den of antiquities. Oh Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. which is very. I mean, it's super cool. It's very very small, um, which I was a little thrown off by. Um, and there isn't actually that much merchandise there. the f- The focal point of that uh, store is the Legacy lightsabers. Uh, That's kind of the primary place in the park that you would buy the Legacy lightsabers. Like I, I bought, I got the Luke, uh, the Return of the Jedi Luke lightsaber there. Um, but there is, it's a, it's not very big. But that store is like, I mean, like I've never seen like the whole store is like there's just things everywhere. It's like it goes pretty high up and there's just there's so many cool replica helmets, creatures, weapons. Like I mean there's it's it, you could probably spend an hour in there just seeing, oh, oh my gosh, like it's it's just fully mm-hmm. immersive. And Dak Ondar is like this hammerhead character oh, he's in this, like, yeah, and he's he's there in the in this in the store, mm-hmm. um, very cool. Like that, that was actually one of my favorite moments. Actually, because it was there's just there was just it was one of those places where like every time you turn around you're like oh look at that oh look at that oh my gosh look at that oh, mm-hmm. oh did you see that oh you missed I missed it like you could walk around in that store like 50 times and see something new every time, which was super cool. Um, we didn't do the lightsaber the Savi's workshop. Mm-hmm. It's like two hundred dollars her lightsaber to build um and it's like so like in theory for me like if I and my whole family wanted to do that that's a thousand dollars oh it's like yikes no no now I have heard that it's a really cool experience Mm -hmm. um but for me it was like it's like if I'm gonna spend that much money on a lightsaber i'm getting one of the legacy lights like the one because the ones that you build don't don't actually replicate any movie prop lightsaber Mm -hmm. um and i just couldn't i just the the cost just i just was like that just doesn't i don't care how cool the experience is i just don't think it's worth 200 bucks like maybe at some point but yeah we skipped that part Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the droid workshop we didn't do that either um, that's a little more reasonably priced, but I think that's even like a hundred bucks to build your own droid.
0: Um
1: I feel like I saw more people who had the droids than the build your own lightsaber. Um mm, okay I had very little interest in doing the droid thing just because it's like I don't know, like pay that much money to like put together your own plastic toy. Like mm-hmm. essentially. I mean I know you can do some pretty cool high-tech stuff with that, but like There just wasn't a draw for that for me. I feel like those, that's part of what I thought was a little bit off-putting about the whole experience was that like, it's like, there's two rides in there and the rides are hundred percent, like not disappointing at all. They're, they're great. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, and apart from the immersive experience, the only other real thing to do there is spend a lot of money. Yeah. And, and no and no and knowing Star Wars fans that's basically what we're best at <laughs> right. I mean, like like <laughs> you put a Star Wars fan in there on a budget and they're gonna be in pain like it's 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 it's, it's just there's so much stuff um, yeah, was, that's why I keep telling you but if you're gonna save up yeah, money I'm sa- I'm sa- I'm, sa- can-
0: I'm saving up now and like I'm I've done my taxes and like my tax refund and uh like where where's my state
1: money gonna go probably there. You could easily, <laughs> you could easily drop five hundred, six hundred, oh. or more. I mean, depending on what you're looking yeah. for. I mean, there's everything from like you know keychains and mm. magnets for your fridge to like there was stuff there that I'm trying to remember what some of the more expensive stuff was, but there was like you know stuff well over five hundred dollars or more. Oh, wow. Um, so uh it's 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 and then and i think the part of the also part of the issue was we didn't we also didn't go to the um cantina primarily because i couldn't get a reservation and i tried for from weeks ahead oh um, that that has to be like done weeks ahead well you have to have a reservation all right and it's apparently really hard to get a reservation i think because our group was big too and because of the limits with covid like uh, the COVID situation makes everything limited. Um, right. Like, so there's fewer people that can be in line anywhere. There's fewer people that can be in any sh- store at any given time. So, like, it does get a little frustrating. Um, so, we weren't able to do that. That was the, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do the the cantina, even though I'm sure it was probably like super overpriced and probably not really worth it. But, the, mm-hmm. but for the experience just but we couldn't um so other than that it's just you you're walking around there were like another thing that was kind of a bummer was that I know like when it's not like if you we weren't in the pandemic situation like it's a lot more immersive with like characters walking around the park mm-hmm. and there was none of that there's one Chewbacca character like standing up on a scaffolding like who came out and waved to people but Oh, okay. There was no, like, Kylo Ren marching through or Ray, or the First Order troopers like that, which I'm sure you've probably seen. Oh, yeah. None of that. Okay. None of that. So my understanding is that the idea is more to get you to feel like you're in a town that where the Resistance is being chased down by the First Order, right? The First Order is kind of like taking over the town and like you're mm-hmm. part of the Resistance and you're trying to get away from Kylo and the troopers, right? Mm-hmm. they didn't have that because of the, because of the pandemic so that was probably the thing that we missed out on the most was that they didn't do that part of the experience oh okay which would have been cool it would have been cool to see a lot of the characters right like that would have mm-hmm. been really fun um but i will say again like there are times when you're walking through there where the the the, the, the way that it's built it's so high up And it's so immersive that you do really have this feeling like that you're in this like bustling spaceport, you know, Mm -hmm. where, and like they have like speakers set up everywhere and it simulates like ships flying over and it feels very immersive. So I think we missed a little bit of that because of when we went, which makes me want to go back. Um, But that was really cool. And I will say that I think this kind of leads into my, my one pretty significant criticism, is that when you're there, um, and I mentioned this a little bit before, so, you know, you're in this Star Wars land, right? But Mm -hmm. the location does not exist in any movie, TV show, or any property of Star Wars at all. Mm -hmm. And so... Like I said, it's very immersive and it's really fun and cool. And there's definitely parts of it that make it very obvious that you're in a Star Wars themed land. But like I, I don't, I've, it's not. It's like I would have. I found myself wishing very strongly, like that this would have been a location from one of the movies. Any location, like whether it be Moss Eisley or somewhere on Coruscant, or or mm-hmm. or. Or, or, I don't know, even Maz Kanata's castle. Or oh, that, that would have been cool. I mean, It's something that would have made me feel like, I, I, think, I think that, I think, so number one, I think that it, it, that was the weak point for me, was they missed the opportunity to create an environment that was that immersive, that was directly pulled out of one of the movies. Because mm. the times when the park worked the most was when you felt that like when you're on Smuggler's Run like you you feel like you're on the Millennium Falcon like you're mm-hmm. in Star Wars when you're on the Rise of the Resistance ride you feel like you're literally in the movie like you're experiencing the sequel trilogy right mm-hmm. but apart from that that wasn't the feeling it was mm-hmm. very not not immersive in the, in the strictest Star Wars sense and that was also reflected in the uh, merchandise like the merchandising was heavily heavily towards sequel trilogy. Like a lot of the really cool stuff that you would see to buy was all sequel trilogy. There was very there was much less merchandise that reflected this, the original or prequel trilogies at all. I oh, mean, well. you'd be hard pressed to find any prequel <laughs> prequel related <laughs> merchandise.
0: Uh yeah, and, and, and part of me feels like that was because uh, like the ideas for this park were probably made like yeah. around like when the Force Awakens came out, and like a, like the hate for the prequels was still kind of lingering mm-hmm. in like everybody on all the higher ups' uh, minds. Um, which I feel like that's an area that that can change, um, and uh, and I definitely can see like. See, uh prequel cool trilogy stuff being sl- slowly moved in there. Uh, once they kind of realize that like prequel cool trilogy stuff sells pretty like just does or possibly even better than what the sequel trilogy does. And I, I think mm-hmm. it ha- I think Hasbro has actually caught on to that boat uh, a little bit quicker than what Disney is. So
1: uh, I mean the, the Jar Jar Black series figure is pretty popular apparently. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that or seen that.
0: Uh, that, yes. The Jar
1: Jar Black series figure, mm-hmm. which is really a cool figure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I I think I'll probably get like one of those uh, eventually, but I, I want to get the one with the uh, um the Phantom Menace uh, uh, back card, like the like the like it looked like the ones that a vintage uh, one. Yes. Right. Like even even though I do have the vintage ones uh, uh, at my place uh, that I've collected over the years. Um, but, but yeah, I've, I've always kind of liked the black series with the um, OG collecting uh, mm-hmm. cards. Oh yeah, oh, that that's yeah, way cooler.
1: So uh, yeah, I think that was that was my biggest thing. It was like you're there, and it's just really weird. Like, a, and on, on one hand, it's super exciting. It's mm-hmm. very Star Wars. There's a it's a very Star Wars feeling and moment and experience. But there is just, I, I, for me, and I know there's a lot of people who have, I've heard a lot of people talking about this online, it, and I know that they talked about this at Disney, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that the, I, I really think, I think that the, oh I mean, overall, like, n- now, like, you know, after the, everything that's happened since, since the, you know, Galaxy's Edge opened these parks, I think overall, everything's played out, and it's very, very clear, like, You're not going to cash in on the sequel trilogy. And I'm not a sequel trilogy hater at all. Like, I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the sequel trilogy. I definitely had my issues with Last Jedi and how the trilogy was handled overall. Mm -hmm. I think that they also get hit a little too hard over the head for some things that were out of their control, like Carrie Fisher dying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I think people forget, like, you know, like that that threw a lot of things off. Um, I'm not a sequel trilogy hater. I enjoyed the sequel trilogy uh, very much. I loved Force Awakens. Um, I largely enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, um, even though I think it suffered from the previous film. But it just wasn't, like, like for me, also because I'm older, like, like when I think go to Star Wars land, like, I'm thinking original trilogy. Oh, okay. And I just didn't, you don't get much of it. Um, which is, I mean, like, Smuggler's Run is the closest thing to, like, that that moment of, like, that true connection to star wars and to the original trilogy and to the millennium falcon and to a ship and a scene and a location and a, that that's quintessentially star wars other than that you know the rise of the resistance is a fully immersive sequel trilogy experience and it's incredible mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how anybody could be such a hater of the sequel trilogy if they couldn't enjoy that ride it's really really cool mm-hmm but I definitely think that they and I think that now looking back on it, like you see the popular popularity of the Mandalorian, which is much more of an original trilogy feel.
0: Right. And and plus it's like in between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Right. So that gives like a whole like time timeline to explore.
1: I, I think that I think that they I just don't I think I personally think and I hope that they will eventually realize that they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And either and 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 Galaxy's Edge is, is massive. You could easily split it up. You could have like one part that looks like Moss Isley, one part that looks like Coruscant, one part that looks like I do if you wanted to. Um, or just do one big, you know. I just think they need to make it somewhat like relatively immersive of of the films, like 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 it would be like it would be like if you went to Universal and Harry Potter land was like some location that was never in the movies it was like oh okay what? like the draw of that Harry Potter is like, right you you step right into the movie that's what you should be doing right they should be creating an environment where you feel like you have walked directly into a fully immersive location Pulled right out of one of the movies, and they didn't. They chose not to do that, um, mm-hmm. and and they chose to do it like. They, and they said, "Well, they chose to do it in the sequel trilogy area era." Well, not even that. Like 2 is not a sequel trilogy location. It? huh? <laughs> it's, it's They they made it up. Yeah, you know, and, and then they tried to get you into it with the books and the comics, which fell completely flat. Yeah,
0: i i did I did uh, pick up the um, Galaxy's Edge comic, and it it was fine, but it's not even like my, my top favorite comics of all time either um like yeah it, it didn't even like really like it was it was a fine location but it just felt like a comic book location that I could probably forget about Oh, 100 uh, like, percent like I I even have trouble remembering the um planet that was uh in uh, the screaming Citadel. of uh, uh um
1: Oh, comic in the Star Wars comics. Yeah. Um, I mean, t- to me, it's so, like, it's, yeah, it's... to me, it's like, first, so Star Wars always, you know, at, at least up to this point. I mean, Mandalorian is a step in another direction, but Star Wars lives in movies. Mm hmm. Right. That's yeah, prime. So if you're going to make movies. a Star Wars land, why on earth wouldn't you make it a location from one of the movies? And I think that was a miscalculation. And I think I don't. I don't even think that that's disputable. Mm -hmm. There's no question. Like the sequel trilogy is not where the money is for Disney right now. It's just not. Like, there's you're still gonna sell uh, original trilogy and prequel trilogy toys. I think more than sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna. They're not doing. And none of the new stuff that was announced has any real connection to the sequel trilogy that I can think of like it's all either more tied to like well, ring the new Republic. yeah i but i, mean, I feel like I feel like, that will... I feel like mandalorian ranger all of that it's more it's it's way more over on the i feel like all of the stuff that disney has announced is more like post return of the jedi mm-hmm. than it feels like it's pre force awakens that's the feeling i have i mean mandalorians clearly like that's set post empire Mm -hmm. right post imperial um anyway all that to say like do do, does it make me not want to go back no would i say don't go it's not worth it it's not cool it's not fun absolutely not but i'm 100 percent that it should they should have they should have and they, I think, at some point they will just say, "Okay, we're just doing this over again, <laughs> and we're gonna re, we're gonna retrofit this to be another location, um, uh, somehow." Because it's just they, they, they clearly they put all their money in the sequel trilogy being like as popular as the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and that's not gonna happen.
0: I kind of had a crazy idea, but. This they're not gonna do it. Um, What's that? Like, shut the park down for a little while. Actually, film one of your like the series like uh, *Acolytes* that takes
1: place like um, *Batu*. Like, make *Batu* actually put it in something.
0: Yes. Right. But that requires you shutting the park down, and you also have like employees that will leak Stuff, so it probably wouldn't work. That they'd have to, they'd have to actually
1: build a set. They'd have to actually do something apart from the park. I would think. Right. But that's never gonna. I don't. I don't think that would ever happen. That would be a way to do it. That that would like, be that would be make pretty the cool. land, and then say, okay, now here's a. But I think that the. I think that what has happened in the last two to three years has proven, in my opinion. That Star Wars is never going to be Star Wars if you completely remove it from the original trilogy in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. I don't think Star Wars will ever have the same life that it has if, if you make it something completely apart from the original trilogy. And that's, I'm not saying that, I think that that's just been proven. I don't, it's not just my bias. I mm-hmm. think that that's been proven. Yeah, fan, Phantom Menace, people were like, what the heck is this? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, and like, and like, if you think about, like, if you think about the popularity of things since the original trilogy,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I think that rose to the level of popularity. The prequels by themselves, let's face it, they, they fell short as far as like the fans embracing it as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until well into the Clone Wars series that you started to sense a kind of that level of an interest. And season seven of Clone Wars was, I think, as popular with Star Wars fans as anything that's been done, Star Wars any era. Um, and then The Mandalorian, which is rooted Firmly in original trilogy, you know, original trilogy, Stormtroopers, Imperial, you know, everything's it's that's that's in original trilogy based um, going forward. But like, but the sequel trilogy, um, sequel trilogy itself, like, did they did they recover their money? Sure. I mean, the, the, oh, yeah. the movies were profitable. They were. The first two were very well received by critics and they all did very well at the box office. Mm -hmm. But they have no life outside of I think I'm trying to think of like anything that's been done other than the three movies. There was the resistance, the what was that one cartoon series?
0: Oh yeah, Star Wars Resistance. Yeah.
1: Yeah that which had no life with the fans at all. It really was um, way I would say it's way like you, you have rebels you have yeah the long wars. yeah it was it was, was it was before it was like under rebels for me
0: as well yeah um, I, I feel like the only thing I can take away with it is that um some of the cast members were more engaging with the fans um cast like members on, of, an, on, of uh resistance I mean
1: I actually oh, had a uh, of the cartoon series yes oh got it, got it. Got
0: it. yeah um yeah. Sebastian uh oh well okay, I'll edit that one out. Uh, uh Christopher uh Sean. Uh he he voices uh Kaz in uh Resistance. Uh he followed me on Twitter and like that was really cool. And uh he was like interactive with fans for a while. Um and that that was really cool. And then the show ended and then that kind of then that kind of just simmered away. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, like yeah, I I do agree with you that like resistance does not it you know, like it doesn't it can, can't hold
1: it yeah it doesn't have any traction with it's it's going to be a forgotten part of the Disney Star Wars universe mm-hmm. um and I think that they're going to realize that with if they haven't already I mean let's just face it I mean Mandalorian was like kind of a slap in the face to banking on the sequel trilogy i mean mandalorian just i mean like you walk and that's the other thing i forgot to mention is like when you go when you go anywhere to whether you're at disney springs galaxy's edge or even uh magic kingdom like like the one thing that dominates is baby yoda like just dominates to the point of this is this is ridiculous like Mm-hmm. like it's just it's baby yoda baby yoda baby yoda baby yoda so that tells you right there like they know like that's that's where our money is mm-hmm. like you, you don't go in there and see kylo ren all over the place or ray or or, or 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 any of that not, not, i have nothing against those characters i enjoy the sequel trilogy but from a like you you all you need to do if you look at what what they're selling that tells you they they they, they don't go there and go well well baby Yoda sells, but we're gonna do this. No mm-hmm. Baby Yoda sells, that's what we're selling. And that's because Mandalorian is was what was what won out, right? Like mm-hmm. that was that was what people wanted. That's what the fans wanted. That's what the larger viewing audience wanted. Um Mandalorian was the first time that Disney was able to appeal to people, I think, a yeah, oh, much broader appeal. Mm-hmm. Um because it captured everything. And and even and even baby Yoda, right? Like even the fact that we we would say baby Yoda, right? Like what's the appeal to that? It's Yoda from the mm-hmm. original trilogy. I think like, that's the whole point, right? So, I think that that's all of that to say. Like I think that over time you'll probably just see maybe more more of the original trilogy or even maybe some of the stuff that they're doing in on Disney Plus like start to be reflected in that. But overall, if I were to, like, give my experience a grade, I would say probably A minus B plus range. Oh, okay. Um, If I were to, like, you know, say Galaxy's Z gets, uh, what, A minus B plus, I would say it's it's in that range Um, because there's definitely parts of it that are straight up A plus, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's not – Reflect like the fact that you can be in there and 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 not feel like it's Star Wars was was off-putting to me, and I think just the fact that it just it it lit. It's the only time that I really felt like Disney was just trying to suck my wallet out of my pocket. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, come on, guys! Like, this is a little excessive. Like, I Mm -hmm. get that. Like, this is a big part of your revenue stream is merchandising and stuff, but two hundred dollars per person to build a lightsaber. I mean that's that's you know more expensive than your park ticket, um, and it's just it, it that that part gets to the point where it's like it's like okay like wait who can afford this like mm-hmm. who can afford you know admission to the park and building your own lightsabers you're looking at you know between three and four hundred dollars right there that's before you've had a sip of water or a bite of food mm-hmm. or anything um, it's expensive. And I don't know if I like that feeling that, like something like Star Wars that so means so much to so many people, that they get priced out of it. <laughs> Feels okay. a little weird. <laughs> and there's the, there's a lot of running jokes online about that. Um, and there was even people at Galaxy's Edge with T-shirts that were kind of making fun of the fact that they were going broke at Disney World. <laughs> I can see that. So anyway. <laughs> And then, but, but there I was, you know, spending all kinds of time and money there. And it's, and, and I don't regret that. Like if I'm going to spend my time and money on anything, I want to, I want to do something like that with my family and we had a great time. And it's a, it's a memorable once in a lifetime, kind of the first time you go, you know, there's nothing like that again, right? Like that experience of going there for the first time and experiencing that was super cool, super cool. Questions? Oh. Any questions or comments or um not really on my end. I feel like the
0: like we're almost okay, off off tracking from the podcast that we're like almost an hour of running time. So oh, okay. I will probably need to split this in two. Um actually you know what? I think I'm gonna take the take the daring approach and uh, not split this one into two. Because um, I feel like uh, they're listening to us. I don't. I think it's kind of like cheapening the experience by splitting our episodes into two. So, I'll give this one a longer run and see where it goes from there. Goes.
1: I mean, I think I, I mean, think that, I think from the from a, another thing that might be helpful to to talk about is just um, the overall experience um, at Hollywood Studios. Like, so like <clears throat> if you're gonna go there um so galaxy's edge itself is also in the complete back corner of the park Uh, okay like it's in the complete back corner so if you go to hollywood studios and you want to hit galaxy's edge right away you got to walk through the entire left side of the park all the way to the back past star tours to get to galaxy's edge so if you if people are really wanting to get there and like they, you you got to go straight and it takes about 10 minutes to walk Oh wow. back there. Um, the big thing is the, the virtual queue, which I'm sure most people if they're going to go there are going to find out. Like I, I would hate to see people not know that and get mm-hmm. there. And then they're like, I have to get in the queue. And by the time they know they're locked out of that ride. Um, so super important. Um, and... Um, I would say also don't, don't miss the opportunity to go to Disney Springs, um, the, the Lego store there, super cool, a lot of really cool Star Wars life-size Lego things built outside that store. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two stores in Disney Springs that are explicitly Star Wars. One of them is much more sequel trilogy, but the other one is more original trilogy Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Really cool. Um, Another thing totally on a side tangent is we went to Planet Hollywood the restaurant at Disney Springs mm-hmm. and they had some of the coolest Star Wars memorabilia I've ever seen there right when you walk in there's an, a there's a, a new hope Chewbacca worn costume oh wow and inside uh, there's actually a new hope used Darth Vader mask on the wall Um and there's a Mandalorian stormtrooper, like Mandalorian TV show recorded used Stormtrooper. So there's some really cool memorabilia in there that's worth checking out. And and then there's just there's Star Wars stuff just sprinkled everywhere. Like if you pay attention, it's just kinda everywhere. But mm-hmm. yeah. So that's another. that's, that's the last thing I'll say about
0: it. Uh, thanks again for, uh, sticking with us, um, through thick and thin, even though we've been, uh, um, off the air for about three months, uh, that was just mainly because we are preparing to do a lot of new stuff to the show. Um, we've, uh, bought some new, uh, podcasting equipment, including microphones. And, uh, we have, um, decided to bring more people onto the trench run, uh, uh, crew and uh, we will be introducing those people later on these are people that have been on the show before uh, david sean and uh, jacob is going to be our sound guy uh, um, jacob Hendricks, uh who's voiced his opinion on uh, um, um on some matters during the show and uh, we will be back Probably to talk about the uh, extra stuff that's been put on the Disney Plus. And uh, if you want to check us out, uh, you can check us out at Trench Run Report on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, uh, Facebook. And uh, you can also check out Aaron's uh, experiences at Galaxy's Edge on our uh, Instagram and Twitter account. Um, if you want to follow us individually, you can follow Aaron at Bro Russo on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at BootsFat1 on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. And uh, that all I can say is that's all for right now. And uh, stay tuned for more out of Trent Run Report. May the force be with you. Always. Great shot, kid. That was